And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday. It's another edition of The Athletic Hockey Show. Haley Salvian here with you uh, with Sean Gentilly, my co-host. We've got a good show today. We haven't recorded half of it. But what we did do was pretty good. It would be impossible for us to screw this up all that badly because we've got 35 good minutes or so with Marie Philippe Lynn. Yeah. Drum roll. No big deal. Mm -mm. Very chill. Uh, Yeah. Everyone was very calm. (laughs) Uh, No, it was great, though, because this has uh, been a huge year for Marie Philippe Poulain. Olympic gold medal, another game-winning goal at the Olympics, uh, another world championship medal, and uh, now she can add to her trophy case that she is the Canadian Athlete of the Year. That was uh, announced and voted on yesterday, well, I guess Wednesday, we should say, because there is no yesterday when we're talking about a fake date that is Friday. That's right. So big year for Mary-Philippe Poulin, big week. That was a huge get for us. As I said when I introduced her, we had to one-up the John Hamm Tuesday show with uh, the GOAT of women's hockey. I'm sorry. I know you're American, <laughs> but uh, if you th- slap up a Mount Rushmore of n- women's hockey in North America, women's hockey in general, and Mary Philippe Poulin is uh, right up there on the Mount Rushmore. I don't think there's any debate. There's oh. no question she's there. Yeah. who Who is it? You're more equipped to talk about this than anybody. Like who is the, who's the Mount Rushmore? I, yeah, because I, I mean, I'm, I'm just a biased, a biased in terms of country and recency. Um, I, I know where my biases lie. Right. So, where, I so think, what, what is it? I think you want to strike a bit of a mix of past and present greatness. So I think you've mm-hmm. got to have Poulin, Haley Wickenheiser. You get Kami Granado up there. Mm-hmm. Hillary Knight is up there. It's four. Just based on her longevity. And that that's the tough part. And I think that's the good issue that women's hockey has because that's not including Angela James, who was like mm-hmm. the original superstar in the women's game. 
think of the impact that Angela James would have had. Like we wouldn't have had to wait until 2018 for Sarah Nurse to be the first, you know, black woman to medal in, in women's hockey at the Olympics. Uh, I don't think we would have had to wait until 2018 if Angela James would have had her moment at the 98 Olympics in Nagano. Maybe we would have had to wait. Who knows? But that kind of I representation. Think a, I think, yeah, I think that's a pretty fair. But it's just fair. been so important. And again, she was like the Wayne Gretzky. That's what people called her. She's the Wayne Gretzky of women's hockey. Just incredible, incredible goal scorer. Such a power forward way before her time. Uh, that doesn't include Natalie Darwitz who was amazing for the U.S. team. She was kind of the young stud for the Americans. Mm -hmm. Had a great career. That doesn't include yeah. Jaina Hefford, Carolyn Ouellette, who, in my opinion, was better than Haley Wickenheiser at a point in time when they were both on the Canadian women's national team. And that doesn't include, like, Brianna Decker and all these other players that are playing right now. So the Mount Rushmore is kind of a good conversation. And the point is that, like, regardless of where you stand, on who's fourth, I feel like whoever's fourth, it's probably not Marie Philippe Poulin. No, no. She's like the middle point. head. She's the big head. Excuse me? <laughs> Are they all the same size? Is one head a little bit bigger yeah, no, than the one, other? Yeah, people forget Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt much, much, much smaller than the other. Than the other Whose the head other is bigger three. on Mount Rushmore? I don't, I think they're, they're all basically the same size. I don't know. Have you ever seen it in person? No. Maybe one of them's a little bit bigger. It's not. One of them's, they're, they're a different. Why are we talking about this? They're, this they're has a been American History Corner with Haley Salvian. They're Do you want to hear levels. me try to name all of the states? Turned, uh, no, I've, I've, I've had that pleasure already, and I would rather not revisit it. My mom uh, and I did it. We only missed like two. Connecticut. Always, always tripping people off. It wasn't Connecticut. I forget it what it was. Delaware. No, it was. Was it Delaware? Yeah, it was Delaware. There's Anyways. one state and mom and I were like, I don't know. And then got home and dad was like, you guys are idiots. It's always, like, oh. it's always Delaware. Okay. Anyways. The, yeah. Mount the Rushmore, reason American history. The, the reason, we're, the reason we're having Marie Philippe Lynn on the show is because I, I don't, I'm not even sure if you said this. she, she won the Northern Star yeah, I said it. trophy. She, she's the Canadian athlete of the year. Yeah. Well, said right. That already. Right. And it was mixed in with a bunch of other stuff. That is like, <laughs> like, it's understandable. She's had a big, it's like kind of a year. It's kind of 18 months. We kind of, we got into that with her where it's sort of like mm -hmm. it started with the worlds, with the worlds in 2021 and just kind of rolled on, rolled on along here. It seems like a natural end point for it, for with, with her. And I think we got her at kind of this optimal time. Uh, you know, Wednesday was the day it's announced. She's doing a press conference. She's going on Sportsnet and TSN, and she's doing like the immediate reactionary um, interviews. And we get her a day later, and and you'll hear in the show. But I think we kind of got her after kind of the craziness and after a nice little period of reflection for her where she could actually take a seat and say, Look at everything that just happened. And this is, I cannot stress enough, the fact that we got Mary Philippe Poulin to talk about herself <laughs> and it's like tough. say how significant this year has been to her as an individual. Of course, she thanks her family and her teammates and she couldn't have done it with everyone else. But like she actually reflected as an individual hockey player and that does not happen ever. I have had so, you don't understand how many awards and things 
this incredible athlete has done. And I've been in the press conference or the Zoom or the mix zone and she's mm -hmm. just like not having it and she's not comfortable talking about herself ever and her teammates know it. So I think we got her in this nice space and in this little period of reflection. And this has been, you know, it, it capped off an incredible year for a very well-deserving athlete. Um, obviously, yeah. one of the finalists was Kale McCarr. I, and I should say I was on the committee. I yeah, was part of the I voting think, process I think we're, for I think this. I think we're burying the lead here. Like <laughs> you, were in, you were involved with with the process and yeah. invo involved with the with the you know with uh, you were on the call with with a bunch of other media folks all all canada based all canadian obviously yeah. who decide who 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 got this award and i don't and i i know you're not going to spill too much on the on the process overall cuz a it's not that interesting and b you know whatever it's probably not not something she she should get in the habit of doing but she's the first woman to ever win this award yeah <laughs> which is crazy yeah. It's crazy. Haley mm -hmm. Wickenheiser is never, never like, and that's the top of the list. I, I would, I, I would imagine yeah. for, you know, shocking omissions from from this. Mm -hmm. Um, what is there anything that you do want to say about the process and and about how this kind of unfolded yesterday? Yeah. Sure. I think you know, just for context in terms of how it goes, Spark Notes wise. I mean, it's you know. A, you know, 30, 40, I don't know exactly how many media people are on there, but it's, you know, Canadian media members from different kind of sections. You know, you get some of the golf reporters and you get hockey reporters, you get national media members, general reporters, et cetera. And everyone kind of gets on and, and you get your nominees list um, and then you dwindle it down to the finalists and then you, <laughs> there's just a bunch of votes and a bunch of debating and everyone kind of raises their hand and says their piece. And, and obviously for anyone who knows me, I cover women's hockey. Um, it wasn't like an advocacy. I think that's really important. I didn't go onto this call and, and think like, I'm going to go mm -hmm. and advocate for the women's game. I'm going to go and, and try to do my part because I cover this game and, and I've just got to do it. Like, no, I truly, I went on this call with it in my head, like this is Mary Philippe Poulin's year to win this award. And I went into the call knowing that I was going to make my case. And I thought it was, I think it's important that she did win it. I think she is well-deserving. Look at everything we already talked about that she did this year. 27 points in 14 games at the World Championships in the Olympics, including goals. Like think of where she scores these goals. And think of how in both the World Championships and the Olympics, we were talking about in the preliminary rounds, like, Where's Mary Philippe Poulin? Is she okay? Mm -hmm. Why is she passing the puck so much? Uh, it doesn't matter. Mary, I do not give a damn what Mary Philippe Poulin does in the prelims because we see so often in this in women's hockey players like padding their stats in the prelims against lesser opponents, and then they get to the knockout stages, or they get to the Canada US game or the gold medal game, and they kind of disappear. She's the opposite of that. <laughs> like this is a player who is always there in the big moments. She has four goals and she has goals in four straight gold medal games. She has three game winning goals for three gold medals at the Olympics. And this year, again, it's the athlete of the year, right? It's not a career achievement award. Um, and this year was was huge for Mary Philippe Poulin. And, and so I went into this and I made my case. And I think one of the biggest pieces of it was Sure. Kale McCarr, again, Kale McCarr was one of the finalists. We talked about Connor McDavid on this call as well. 
um, two NHL players who had excellent seasons, two of the best players in the NHL at their position or just in general in the world. Um, but for me, you look at Poulin and it's it's a winter Olympic year. And so you always kind of want to focus in on the athletes who maybe get their once every four year shot at the pinnacle of their sport. So that's important. But you look at, as you mentioned, Sean, no woman's hockey players ever won this award. Like at some point, Which the is, media just decided just, that they were again. okay with Haley Wickenheiser not being the Canadian athlete of the year, despite everything this woman has done. <laughs> there's and, there's a layer there's a there's a layer of okay so so you hear that the, the no woman has ever won this award or no, no no female hockey players ever ever won this award and you say like okay of course like this is this is the way it goes this mm-hmm. award is, was given out since 1936 and the guy who was named after is problematic and and they rightfully yes. changed the name of it on and on like you say, of course, like they don't give this award to, award to women. What makes it crazier that a, that a female hockey player has never won this is that they do. That's that's what's shock. That's what's great. That's what's crazy about it. In in the last few years, Penny Alexiak won it. Bianca Andreescu won it. Kaylee Humphreys, who's a bob who's a yeah. bobsled athlete in nineteen ninety four, Kristen Sinclair won it. Win this like, award. Like yeah, women women win this award, which makes it just doubly wild yeah. that we've that we've never seen a hockey player and it, i think it all boils down well, to the olympic thing right because they're and it's the perspective that people have on women's hockey at the olympics right it's the same old bullshit that we mm-hmm. hear every time canada and the u.s play in the gold medal game it's just like what are we even doing it's a two it's a two-horse race like who cares it's not looked at the same whereas you know penny alexiak will go and and have a great year and at the olympics and and people look at that and say well swimming's better and she's got to beat better athletes and blah 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 so we're going to give penny alexiak her cookies and rightfully so you know she's a historic athlete in this country uh, but i think you look at some of the people who've won in olympic years i mean 98 it was larry walker mm-hmm. who won 2002 was uh katrina lemay doan so an olympian speed skating uh, 2006, another speed skating, Cindy Clausen. Uh, what was the next one? 2010, they went on home soil, and it's Joey Votto baseball. <laughs> 2014, Joey it's Votto. Kate. Yeah, Joey Votto was very good that year. I yes, no, for sure. That's what, like it's Joey Votto. Whatever, that's fine. Uh, yeah. 2014, it's Kaylee Humphreys. 2018, it's um, Mikael Kingsbury. So it's a lot of times it's going to winter. Olympians, but it's going to like speed skating, bobsled, skiing. And I think, again, part of that is you get a bunch of people on these calls and you're debating the merits of what this person does. And I do think that women's hockey players are fighting against the perception that it's a two horse race. And well, yeah, they're the best at their sport, but like, they're what, how many people are they actually better than? And that is Only small two, minded like, and it's well, yeah. BS. <laughs> they only played. They only played two relevant games this year. If, if yeah. here's here's like kind of the strain of logic that I keep coming back to with Poulin and, and yeah, and move on after this. I think if she did get it this year, a when when was she when was she specifically going to get it? Yeah, and when would another and, woman? And when would another woman get it? Because not Woman's only hockey player, it, we should say yeah. woman. I I, I I'm. I, Mistakenly, just keep uh, you know. Keep, keep I I just that. said it. I was correcting myself. It's okay. <laughs> um, because she, 
What you else know, do you I, need I to know, do? I know that I know that people <laughs> don't want don't you don't want to count the August worlds in, in the same calendar, right? But like yeah. two two worlds in an Olympic tournament within sixteen months. Ten of months each of each other? August to August to August. It was a year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. In a calendar year. It wasn't <laughs> it was, like twenty twenty two, but in a calendar year, Mary Philippe Poulin won three again, gold medals and had the game winning goals in two of those events. Yeah, and she and she's got the hardware, and she's got yeah. the, and, the and individual the record, profile. Just like it's Sarah Nurse great. broke oh, Haley Wickenheiser's Olympic record uh, that she set in two thousand two, and she had seventeen points when Canada, you know, won their first gold medal at the Olympics after losing to the U.S. in ninety eight. Again, Wickenheiser set an Olympic record, seventeen points, and did not win the athlete of the year that year. <laughs> I know women's hockey was fresh and new at the Olympics. Uh, but that was a long-standing record for uh, two decades. Sarah Nurse beat it. Mary Philippe Poulin tied it. So, like, what else? What else you got to do? It's Anyways. just indicative. It's indicative of the space. I think that yeah, that female athletes and Olympic athletes have had in, in with this award historically. You know, yeah, it's that, and and for whatever reason, hockey players kind of fell by the wayside because it was like Olympic years. That's for the Olympians, mm-hmm. and when you're in a sport. That generally only, you know, historically and certainly in over the last few years only competes at the highest level, you know, at the Olympic level in the in the public sphere that way, one one out every four years, like for better or worse, that's the way it's going to be. Like for whatever reason, like world champions don't world championships don't count whenever we're doing this math. It's bizarre. Yeah, it's a it's, yeah. it's, it's a bizarre it's a bizarre it's a bizarre situation, but for sure it's been fixed. And I think it's I think it's cool to it's cool to see that that it's been fixed. And I'm going to say it because you are you are not going to say this about yourself. You had a you had a lot to do with it. So way to go. Mm, yeah, I mean, I was banging the table pretty hard, but there I wasn't. Obviously, there's way more that needs to happen for someone to win than just a women's hockey writer yelling at cloud that she deserves to win but yeah i that's the way this stuff works i raised it, my it, hand a many of, a time in the zoom call let's just say it's a, <laughs> i it's talked a, bunch, a lot for someone who's only been on this panel twice yes it's a bunch of ja- <laughs> it's a bunch of jackasses on a zoom and that's you included by the way for the record a bunch of jackasses on a on a zoom call yeah, Arg- a bunch Ar- of canadian argue, assholes yelling at each other about who's the best canadian <laughs> athlete and this was a good year for it honestly because yeah. like there uh, i think I thought for a point that it was going to be Kale McCarr. Stanley mm-hmm. Cup, Norris, Hart Trophy in a se- single season does something that, you know, a defender hasn't done in this league. You know, he's getting the Bobby Orr comparisons. But again, for me, Kale McCarr is going to be in this conversation again. Uh, if we didn't give it to Poulin this year, when would we have? I think that would have had to, we would have had to be okay. This was the point. This is the point I made in the Zoom call. It's my final point. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not going to, I don't want to keep doing this. I don't want to be that person. It's the last point I make is this might be the last best time to award Mary Philippe Poulin Canadian Athlete of the Year. And if we don't do it now, we might not get another chance, and that would be a huge (laughs) mistake. Just like it was the fact that Haley Wickenheiser made it to the Hockey Hall of Fame and was never a Canadian Athlete of the Year. So anyways, Mary Philippe Poulin's coming up next. She was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, you got to account for that in one way or another. But I don't know. Based based on our talk, you might be having the same conversation in 2026. I think it's I think it's oh, possible. Yeah, like that. <laughs> that's the one thing. It's just like I'm not saying that because Poulin's gonna just retire and she's not gonna be there. 
she might be the one like typically when athletes get to 30 or women's hockey athletes they get to 30 it's like oh how many more do we have I don't think anyone in Beijing was looking at Poulet and being like this might be the last time we watch her play at yeah. the Olympics this is a highly motivated uh highly talented obviously athlete and I think she's gonna be She's going to be around for the next Olympic cycle. That's my educated guess. Um, we've got some NHL stuff we'll talk about a bit. We'll do that in the third segment of the show uh, because we just talked about Poulin for 20 minutes and you're going to hear from her for the next 30. This was a treat. This really was a pleasure. Um, here's our chat with uh, Mary Philippe Poulin, Captain Clutch, Captain Canada, and Canada's Athlete of the Year. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. So this is very exciting for us. So Sean hosts the Tuesday show. They had John Hamm on their podcast. And so I thought that's not fair. I'm going to one up your show and we're going to bring in our guest for this week on Thursday. It's Mary Philippe Poulin. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. This is definitely a one up. I'm sorry, John Hamm. You were great in Bridesmaids, but (laughs) I think I think I think John Hamm would agree. He he knows he knows what's up. He's a smart guy. He, He realizes he's in second place right now. Yeah. Uh, So this has been, I guess, another big week in a big year for you, Mary Philippe. Yesterday was announced that you uh, won the Canadian Athlete of the Year Award. First off, congratulations. Um, Second, how did you find out? What uh, how did your day go yesterday? Did you know that the voting was happening? Did you know that this was a possibility that that you could win this award this year? Kind of how did your day go yesterday? Well, I, I heard a little bit before my, my name was in the mix, but never thought that that would be possible. So yesterday after my, uh, on the ice, I got off the, the ice, got a phone call from David Cox and just a virtual star, star and just announced that I was the winner. And it was very special. I didn't really expect that at all. It was among a list of pretty uh, prestigious athletes and very honored to be along the, the side of them. But very honored, and obviously right away, uh, I thought of my teammates, it, it, I would not be here without them 100%, so just a big thank you for sure. Did you know that you were the first female hockey player to ever win this award? I did not until he, he told me. Uh, I was actually surprised that I didn't know that at all, so it yeah. is very, uh, pretty awesome. It's kind of shocking, like, obviously there's so many women who have accomplished so much in, in terms of hockey in this country, I mean, the fact that no Wick, no Jaina, no Caro. I was I was surprised too. I was on the calls yesterday. Uh, it's like you know the big two hour kind of voting process mm-hmm. and debate, and that was a big part of it. It was just like it's that was a big part for me being like this is like more than overdue. 
she's more than deserving. Like what else, what else does a female hockey player have to do in this country? <laughs> Just set more records, win more gold medals. <laughs> we'll try. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we'll try. What do you think? It, it's a wild time for a woman to be winning this award for the first time now. And I think it, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but I think it says a lot about kind of increased space that, that the women's game has kind of taken up over the last, over the last year or two. Is that the way you take it? Like, do you, do you look at you winning this award and, and kind of view it as, you know, yes, it's about your individual accomplishments. We know that, but it, it, the fact that you're the first is all, it also says something. And I think, I think that that means, I would imagine that means a lot. Yes, a hundred percent. I think it's way bigger than just the individual award. I think yesterday was just how much more uh, we talk about women's hockey, how much visibility we get. And not only for myself, but I think Sarah Nurse being the first woman on the NHL cover uh, speaks a lot for itself. And I think we're all in this together. And every time one of us can be acknowledged and we can talk about women's hockey, I think we, we take a lot of pride in. And I think that's what makes it very special. Uh, when I get teammates uh, getting a lot of texts and how happy they are, I think it it does make you smile pretty big that we know it's only for myself, but for my teammates, for the next generation. And the more we can see it, the more we can be it, the more we can talk about it. I think it's great. And obviously, I've said that many times, that for women's hockey, it's always mm -hmm. very popular every Olympic year, every four years. People are very excited about it. And I think that's something we have to change. It's uh, an every year thing. People get attached to us and it's we, we know we put a lot of work in, and which is exciting. Do you guys uh, ever play the EA sports game? Like, does, there, does the team or anyone take a spin on that? I think Aaron Ambrose is a pretty mm -hmm. big gamer. Like, do you are you a big PlayStation yeah, Xbox say, I person? I haven't tried it. I haven't tried <laughs> it yet. Uh, but I know Aaron does. She's a very good uh, NHL player for sure. Yeah, I feel like I was looking at the scores before. And I think you're the highest one with a 94. I don't play. I don't know what that means, but it seems low. <laughs> That's all. Like for you, a 94 is great, but I was like, mm, what's this out of? I think it's out of 100. It's, it's good. Enough. It's 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 good. It's good, but low. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Probably, that's probably where, yeah. where we're at on it's it. It's pretty high for me, so I'm happy about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, this we mentioned like off the top, this has been a, a pretty big year for, for the Canadian team for you as well. I mean, Olympic gold medal, another game winner from yourself. You became the first man or woman to score in four straight gold medal games at the Olympics. Another world championship gold medal, if we zoom out a little bit, obviously that's back-to-back -back world championship titles for, for you and, and the national team. Have you allowed yourself to kind of reflect on this past year? I, you know, I know it's just such a small piece of what's been a long career for you, but when you look at you know this 2022 year, have you kind of looked back and thought of everything that you've accomplished? <laughs> well, it's funny. I think yesterday a little bit, I took a little bit of time myself and uh, realized that year was uh, one for the book. That's for sure. Mm. I think it was very special. Like you mentioned, the Olympic medal, the two world championship. And it's funny, yesterday I uh, had in an interview with uh, Jennifer Balrail and she was mentioning the flag bearer. And it's funny, it kind of popped in my head. I was like, Oh wow! Yep, I was part of that too, and <laughs> yeah. it's it's pretty surreal. If I would want to write the best year of my life, I think that would be one of them, a hundred percent. And it's only because of the individual award, but I think doing this with such an amazing group makes it even more special. And obviously, if we look back to twenty eighteen, uh, it was a tough moment for all of us. We're all aware with the silver medal, but I think that the work that we all put 
on an individual basis during COVID, uh, find ways to work in the kitchen, in the basement, go on the ice by yourself. And then when we regroup, uh, I think it just said it all how much, like, the, how much work what was put in from all of us. And when we came in, we we're all ready to go. So obviously it did pay off, but on an individual basis, it, it is pretty amazing to see uh, how this happened and being able to, to bring those three gold medals, that's for sure. I don't think people really understand how much the last 18 months have probably blended together for, for you guys, right? Because you, you had the pre, the, the, the run up to world and then you had worlds and then you had the Olympic run up and then you had the Olympics and now you're on the gap tour. And it's like, there's been this endless, you know, this endless string of, of action for, for you all. Um, is, is there an not end used in to sight? that much women is, talking is there, like in a calendar right. year? <laughs> but is the, is there an end in sight? Is is there? Are you going to be able to take a break soon? I guess is, <laughs> is my question. Like, is it the holidays? Like, when are you going to be able to chill? Are you because tired? Yeah, because it. Ha- <laughs> yeah, I just 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 to make sure you're getting enough rest and whatever else. It's, it's I appreciate non- that a lot. It's been nonstop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you. You're yeah. actually right. It's funny because we do talk about that often. They're like. When should we take a break here? Can we? Because <laughs> the next world is coming, or then this next series right. is coming, and where it's true. Like we've had that conversation many times, and it has been a very, very busy uh, year for a lot of us. And obviously, we we love what we're doing, and we're passionate about it. But at some point, it will be needed from a physical standpoint and mental mm-hmm. standpoint. All of us, uh, we're human. We we all need that, and. Uh, it's going to come. I think this year was special because of COVID championship got canceled. We had to kind of take that back. But I think having that said, I think getting back to uh, a world championship and hopefully a season, a normal season, uh, would be pretty exciting. Well, it's a kind of a unique challenge in women's hockey too, right? Because it's not just, you know, the individual drive and desire to be successful and win, but there is that kind of added level of you're trying to sell and market and grow the game, right? So you don't want to take your foot off the gas because there are other people that you're thinking about in terms of young girls and women who you want to follow in your footsteps and, and have a better, you know, space in the future. Is, is that kind of like an added unique pressure that the women's game has? Uh, for sure. I think you, you said it well. I think every opportunity we, we get to to play or we have, we, we it's something that we don't take our foot off the gas. And every opportunity, like it's funny, like back the NHL All-Star, we would when the NHL invited us and we had the three on three and a lot of people were saying like, holy, like why are they back checking? Why are they playing that hard? But <laughs> at that moment, it's true. We were representing our group, representing women's hockey. And we all know that if we did not play hard a little bit, would have we would have heard about it. We would have heard that it's not good hockey, and it's we, we're all aware of that. And those are the things that maybe makes it women's hockey even better because every time we we give it all, and obviously we we want to talk about hockey. We want to put the best product on the ice to make sure people yeah. know it. I remember that. I think people were like, oh, my God, is that – are they forechecking? Is that a back check? <laughs> like, oh, my goodness, the forecheck and the puck retrievals at the All-Star game are incredible. Uh, I also remember Anne-Renee Debian kind of stealing the show. I remember people texting me after that being like, oh, my God. I feel she does Who does she often. play for? Yeah. She oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's on your team for the three-on-three this weekend, right, in, in Ottawa? Yeah. <laughs> and she's 
is that who like we're going to pre-scout this a little bit. I think the the skills competition, I feel mm-hmm. like there's good goalies in this, but she's in the the like, you know, save streak competition, I think. She's probably got that in the bag. No pressure, but it should be a good competition. It should be fun for sure. I and I I think Haley kind of got at this. I, I was on I was on the conference call yesterday. Um when you accepted the award and it's just, you know, you're, you obviously don't, you would rather not talk about yourself. You would rather redirect, (laughs) you know, questions to your teammates and whatever. I, we've, we've seen, we've seen it for years, but there's also that balance between like your personality and, and the way you are as a person with, you also have a Gatorade campaign and you're also winning awards and you're also, there also is that level of attention that, comes with being as individually great at what you've chosen to do as you are. So how do you, as like, maybe not an introverted person, but as, as someone who would rather like deflect credit and bring your teammates into it, how do you deal with that when it comes time to accept awards like this and be in commercials and whatever? How How is that something you 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 balance because I would imagine it's challenging. Yeah, no, it's a great question. Uh I think from to be honest, such a young age, I think like from where I grew up in my family, it was always never take anything for granted and put your head down and go to work. And that's something obviously I've been very fortunate in my career, how it went. Like obviously being a part of the national team, winning gold medals, uh being at the right place at the right moment for uh some goals. Uh I think for me it's just I, it's just a taste like obviously when I get the, those medals it's like I want more it's like it's like a drug yeah I love what I'm doing I love being surrounded with great people we push each other uh, it's something that's very fun and I'm still trying to deal with these questions yeah I get awkward I don't really <laughs> yeah. know where to go but uh, I truly appreciate like it, it is very rewarding obviously I, I love working hard I love doing the work when no one is watching like it's not something that I strive for when everybody's watching but those little things I've done my entire life that extra rep that maybe one day is going to pay off uh, that's how I train that's my mentality and obviously when you train with the best uh, with your teammates is something that makes you want to be better every day for them and for yourself as well. What does a typical kind of week look like for you when you're in this season? I know um, the world championships is still a ways away. I'm not even sure what month it's in yet. I don't know if anyone knows that yet. We'll just skirt over that. Uh, (laughs) um, But, you know, when you're in season and you're kind of building up towards something, obviously not a centralization year because that's completely different. But what does a week look like for you um, training wise? It's funny. Those are great questions, guys, because we're still trying to figure out. It's funny. It's like, when should we train to peak? When is our yeah. big thing? It's all things that's been happening for the last two years. And it's very, it's very hard because obviously right now we don't have a season and we have our hubs in Montreal, Toronto, Calgary, and in the in Boston, Minnesota. And we all train kind of on our own. And in the weekend, we come together and we're on the same team. So obviously it is, it is different. We're all aware of that, but. Typical week here in Montreal is for us, we could be on the ice five days a week. We have ice every day. Obviously, we're about eight to 13 players here in Montreal. So it depends who works, who can come. Uh, and we have uh, three three workouts, two to three workouts, depending if we play in the weekends. And then off we go. So let's say tomorrow we're off to Ottawa. We've trained three or four times on the ice, two workouts. So it's all different. But I, I do miss 
uh, that season part where you actually mm-hmm. practice every day. You, you practice that power play on the Wednesday, the PK yeah. on Thursday, and you're ready to go for the weekend. Those are things that I truly miss. And I went back to, to BU uh, last weekend. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun to see that, that team mentality where you just really in your rank, you do your thing, you go to school. It was one of the best worries of my life. And those, I hope we, we get to repeat that when that, that league is on. Mm-hmm. And congratulations again, um, obviously, for people listening and you hear BU. You got, I did not say that to mention that. I'm sorry. It was just no, 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 no. My goodness. Yeah. Mary Philippe Poulin just called us out because we didn't bring up that she got inducted into the BU oh, Athletics no. Hall of Fame. It. We I missed it. one. I have, it. I, have it on, I have it on my list. Excuse yeah. you. Yeah, it was it's, just, it's, we bumped it down. We apologize. Um, <laughs> but like you talk about that that season and the hope for that how how are things going i know um i i've done a story on it i know internally there's a lot of kind of excitement and optimism about what's building with the pwhpa like how would you kind of say how how things are going this year and, and what you guys are looking forward to kind of creating in the ideally in the the year i guess for yeah, next season i should say we all know like we have showcases. We get to travel a little bit in Canada and the U.S. We're able to showcase our product and we're pretty happy. We're very excited with what's coming. And obviously we have the right people be- behind us that it's been working uh, tremendously uh, for, for us and put a lot of hours in. And obviously not everything is out there in the media as much as we would want, uh, but there's a lot of things coming up and it's exciting for women's hockey. And we know, I think that next year will be something in place where we get to, to play, when we get to have a season where we get to play for something like a championship, which is very exciting. And that's something that's uh, valuable in the in women's hockey. And we're going to keep, uh, like you mentioned, every opportunity we get to, to play. And obviously this weekend is going to be in Ottawa and we get to showcase what we have. I mean, you mentioned competing for championships and the games. And, but yeah, I mean, I, I think... I don't think people understand or don't fully grasp like what you all have lost by not having a league over the last couple over the last couple of years, right? Like you and you mentioned practice. That's a huge that's a huge thing. Like being able to go out there every day and you know even if it's just work on the power play, forget like best on best competition, right? Like just in team set routine where you're like, "All right, we're going to work and get better at this as a group." Um, are there other little things about being part of a league and part of a team and having that day-to-day routine that you miss? Like any, any specific stuff, like any stuff you're looking at where you're like, all right, I can see this down. Like this is coming. It's going to be back at some point soon. And this is going to be a part of my life again. Like what, like what, what other stuff do you miss and what are you looking forward to? Well, obviously we kind of like have this a little bit, but like every time you're part of a team and we all know, like on the ice, like we, we love that. We, they remember that, but the moments off the ice, those are the moments you remember as a group and you travel together. Uh, you get to, to play at different cities all together is something that is so fun. It is. And you're going to remember most of the people will not going to remember a random game on the Saturday night, the score, but then you remember probably what happened in the dressing room or if something funny happened or if the bus broke down on our trip to somewhere. Those are all little things that. Obviously, it seems like nothing at the moment, but when you're 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 away from from it for a while, uh, it makes you miss miss it. That's for sure. And obviously, during the Olympic year, we kind of get that feeling a little bit when we're together for six months, where we get to train together, we get to travel, we, we get to play for a pretty big championship. But 
that really that bond, that culture that we we get to have when you build that team, it, it's always so fun. Uh, I think a couple of the things we wanted to ask you too in terms of, you know, your teammates and the Canadian women's national team, um, some of your teammates too with the PWHPA. I know, I believe you and Sarah Fillier roomed together. Was that during her first world championship? Um, yeah. And now just kind of seeing uh, like that world championship, she kind of announced herself to mm-hmm. maybe the people who weren't paying attention. I think anyone who watched her at Princeton or saw her on the come up knew what Sarah Fillier was going to be. Um, but she comes into that world championships and everyone's just like, holy crap, who is this? Um, and she talked about how you guys are roommates and, and she met you for the first time. And for her, she was like, oh my gosh, it's Mary Philippe Poulain. Like, so what, uh, what is Sarah Fillier like? Like, what do people need to know if they haven't been paying attention about this like future young star? And is she a messy roommate? <laughs> well, right now I got to tell you that I'm like, oh my God, this is Sarah Fillier. And that's a pretty cool <laughs> feeling to have when you have her on, on your team. But from that day on, I, I knew I heard great things about her and she's a great hockey player, but when you get to know her off the ice, it's something that's even better. And that's what makes her the player that she is, the person that she is. And you can tell she's crushing it right now in Princeton. She's going to come back with us and she's still going to be crushing it. But honestly, there's a lot of pressure on her and she really just took it and flew with it and really dominated. And that's something that's pretty amazing to see at such a young age. And to be honest, she's not that much, she's not that missy. Uh, she's okay. pretty clean, to be honest, but pretty awesome to, to see you'll see she's shy but when yeah. she gets uh comfortable she's uh she's a great person great player and very happy to, to get to see her grow and see her mature and see really her play improve uh every day and when i was in uh denmark for the world championships <laughs> i was in the mix zone i wasn't actually interviewing her i was kind of just like standing there awkwardly i think i was waiting <laughs> for something uh, cause that mix zone was weird. It was that like weird musty tent. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was like really hot and smelled funny. <laughs> Anyways, it was great. I had a great three weeks in Denmark. <laughs> um, and I, she was standing there and I was wearing this like cardigan. I don't even know where I'm going with this. It's fine. And she's like, did you buy that at the H&M down the street? And I was like, no. However, I've been in that H&M every single day. And I feel like that was like the spot in Herning. Like everyone loved this H&M that was like <laughs> near the team hotel. And I feel like everyone's like fit of the day was from the H&M down the street from the hotel. Can we confirm that was the spot? That's funny. It was <laughs> it was a spot. A lot of us spent a lot of time there. So, yep. It's amazing. Um, the only other one in terms of teammates, and obviously there's so many that, that we can talk about because it's such a talented team and there's just so many good stories and, and great players. But the one for me is, is Brianne Jenner. And she's been right there with you. Uh, I think you guys played at the U18 level together. Um, and she is someone who has always been there in the big moments. And I think finally got her kind of shine when she got the MVP. Um, I think she got Olympic MVP. She gets the game winner at the last world championships. Like she's been there and she's been doing it forever. But I think now we're finally starting to see people being like, yeah, look out for Brianne Jenner. Like this, 
this is a big player here for Canada. Oh, yeah. It's so much fun we have here. Uh, I can go on and on. <laughs> we, for, uh, as can, long as you, you want. You can talk for yeah. as long as you like, by the way. Yes. <laughs> so I can go on and on with Jenner. Uh, she's been there. We've been along, played together since, like you mentioned, we play against each other. With against, She was for Team Ontario. I was Team Quebec. Right. We play against each other. We're on the U18 program together. Uh, and we've been playing for a long time. And to see her get what she deserves, like you mentioned, is something that makes me so happy. And she's a newly mother and how she's been handling the training and the motherhood at the same time is something that is very remarkable. And I look up to her for that because she's such a great leader and she knows when it's time to play hockey and be serious. And she knows when it's time to, to work and like, and have fun. And I think that having that both side, having that balance is something that's very amazing. But she's a great leader, great person. Uh, obviously, we all know she's an amazing player. But again, like it's funny because I, I say that a lot, a lot. They're great players. But man, when you take that helmet off, the people that they are is something that's just amazing. You can have a conversation about anything with her. And it, it's unbelievable. And I'm so, so happy for, for what she's got. And it's funny because that that trophy from yesterday that, that I got, she's a big part of that. And a lot of people, I wish I, I had the time to take the phone and call them all to say thank you. But Jenny would be a, a big part of that. That's for sure. I feel like it was uh, Carolyn Alette another big one for you. I feel like whenever I talk to people about their path or people who had an impact on them, Aaron Ambrose is one of them. Um, like Caro comes up a lot. And I, and I remember talking to her at the Olympics and this, I guess, is a two-parter in terms of her impact on, on you and your career. But also, do you remember being like, I think 15 or 16 and making like a steak dinner for Carolyn and Kim St. Pierre? And mm -hmm. I think it was Charlene Levante, like your yeah. house mothers in your first centralization <laughs> year. Yep, I do remember. I, I wish I forgot about it, but yes, I do remember. Why? What <laughs> happened? Did you like burn the steaks? Was it well, undercooked? Because like that was centralization. That was my first time getting centralized and they really helped me. They're a big sister to me and I was living with them and every day they would cook for me and really just did it. I was like the susu chef. So that's okay. how much I was not doing much in the kitchen. <laughs> I was just right, like, right, right. To, to be there. Passes the salt and pepper. Exactly. Garlic. Yeah. You kept it clean, you know, <laughs> yeah. but like one day I got to the rink and I literally seen my stall. You're cooking dinner tonight, period. See you later. So I'm literally like, oh boy. Okay. What does that mean? I look around, nobody was there. And it was like, literally, they left the full afternoon. They went to see a movie. They didn't left me a car. I had to walk to the grocery store. <laughs> oh, my God. Back to get this stuff. And I'm not the one that talks the most to my family. But at that moment, I called my mom about a hundred times that night just to make sure <laughs> what I would need to do and make sure everything was okay. And she was so stressed for me. She's like, make sure you call me after to know if it's good. And to be honest, I did not too bad. They okay. ate. They were good. I, I had sweat pits, like, like <laughs> you know, I was so yeah, nervous, I, like, most... literally <laughs> nerve wracking. And finally, right. everything was good. And it's funny because after the the dinner, like, you know, let's call your mom to tell her, like, let's play a joke on her that I I burnt it all, and we we had to order pizza. It was like, <laughs> so my mom is very good. 
<laughs> my mom is very gullible, so we call and I was like, hi, Dan, like, I just need to go to the bathroom one second. So the girls come in, the, the picture, they go, hi, Dan, like, Maddie cooked dinner and who she burnt it all. And my mom's face just dropped. She goes, really? <laughs> I told her about everything to do. How did she not make that happen? Oh, She's no. Like, kind of a little embarrassed, but it's a joke, but that dinner was quite funny. It was how did you? How did you settle on steak? Like, was that, we just like, I'm just, I'll just make, or did you ask your mom, like, what's an easy thing I could make? Uh, yeah. Like, how, so how was that? Think she she okay. gave me the steak filet mignon with some asparagus and some rice, I think. I that's made, it, steak, steak and asparagus. That's like the, yeah. that's like the yeah. easiest thing. You're like, all right, this yeah. is fine. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, I think we wanted to end on a couple light ones here because we've stolen you for a while, but this has been great and we appreciate it so much. Uh, okay, so we know that you have a dog. You guys got a dog in the pandemic. And are you like like me, like a crazy dog mom? Well, what's a crazy dog mom? <laughs> I don't think it's crazy. But okay. if people were to watch, they'd be like, oh my, she like loves her. <laughs> like, like that is my child. Like I, this is my... You saw Bono. He was rolling around the back. It's not crazy. I don't think it's crazy. Well, I got to tell you, I never grew up with a dog. And I was like, why is everybody obsessed with their dog? Like, come on. <laughs> like, I was judging at the beginning. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. You would have thought it was crazy. Yes, probably. <laughs> then Definitely. this little guy came in and never thought I would, like, be obsessed with our dog that much. And even yeah. my parents, like... Never grew up with a dog, and they're obsessed with them. When we go for a travel, they're always the first one to to ask if we need help. So it is pretty funny, but it does bring you a smile every time you come back on the from a training or whatever. Just get back home, and they're just so happy to see you. So it's fun. Yeah, it's my child. <laughs> yeah. The other thing, when I. I kind of asked about this earlier because I, I asked about free time. When are you going to be able to get out in the RV again? I saw yeah. you bought you guys. And also, not your first RV. The 26-footer is like, that's like the upgraded one. You have you have a history. You're right. You're absolutely right. You know what? I was actually talking about it yesterday because I have uh, we have two weddings this summer. So we're debating if we were going to take the RV That's or not. such a great so, excuse. That's like Are a they great far? Just, like good road trip RV? One is very Nova Scotia, one Calgary, so we don't okay. we don't know yet. But we might do the one to Nova Scotia to maybe you know what? Take that'd a be pretty. That'd be great. But I love it. I love nature. I love outside. So That's every so time, cool. I wish we had more time to be honest. Like, but maybe we'll put it, put a couple of kettlebells in there and do the Brett Burns thing where they just go and train on the road. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was living in his RV in Carolina. We had Rod Brindenborough on the show a couple, like a month or so ago. And Brent Burns, he got to Carolina like before his house was ready. And he just like lived in his trailer. Mm -hmm. And was like, yeah, I'm just going to get ready for the NHL season in my, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't a little trailer, but he's going to no, get ready in his RV and hop around. You should take it down to Ottawa. Just take the RV to the showcase this weekend. I should. I should. I should. <laughs> Can the dog, does the, does like Arlo go in? Like, do you bring your dog when you go on trips? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. The Calgary drive. I did that with my dog in my Hyundai Elantra, uh, which sucked. 
but in an <laughs> RV, it would probably be really nice. Yeah, that would be a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Could, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think you guys could map out like probably four days and, and get it done. I know it's third or whatever. It, it, it'd be... It'd be fun. I hope it happens. Mm-hmm. I, w- I want I want to so hear too. about like I, I, yeah. I want to hear know. hear about the, yeah. please please do. <laughs> I want to hear I want to hear about zoom the us Quebec, from the road the Quebec to like, Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> That'd be fun. Oh, I love that. Well, we will uh, have to like stalk your Instagram account for the RV trip. Okay. Photos of Arlo. Photos of yeah. We're here for the dog and the scenery. I'm so sorry. We're <laughs> still the same. Yeah. <laughs> You guys went to, this is my last one, I swear. You guys were in Ireland after the World Championships, is that right? Yeah. I'm yeah. going to need some recommendations because I have friends oh. getting married in Dublin this year. And it's Very the nice. last week of the NHL season, but it's fine. I can book that off. <laughs> so I've never been. So I'm going to need some recommendations. Yeah. I will for sure. It was beautiful. <laughs> we rented a car. Yeah. Just, you know, if you rent the car, you drive on the opposite. So that was a little bit difficult. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I drove. Oh, my God. Did anybody, did, it, sounded like, it sounded like somebody might have needed a reminder of that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> a couple arguments happened, but oh. all went well. All went well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, the first time I drove in Calgary, I went the wrong way down a one-way street. Um, so maybe I shouldn't get a car in Ireland. There's a lot of one-way streets in downtown Calgary, though. I'm just gonna True, say, they are. yeah. There was I did it right in front of a cop too. I thought I was gonna go to jail. Anyways, what a great way to end. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for your time. Very feeling Thank you. everybody. It's <laughs> telling her about all my roadside problems. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the time. Thank you. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay. Highlights Hmm. from the chat with Poulin. I should have asked the the 15-year-old cooking dinner for Carolyn Ouellette question sooner because that got her going. And that was one where we were prepping for this. I was like, I need to ask this question. I almost forgot about it. And I was asking about Ouellette at first being like, how important was she? I was like, oh, wait, no, I forgot. I have this really good question that she told me about you terrifying, like just completely terrified making dinner for her and two other Canadian legends from the national team in her first ever centralization, again, as a teenager. Uh, Before we get your highlight, I think having some of the scope of the fact that we're just talking about, like, you know, she was in the BU Hall of Fame. 
She won a gold medal and scored an Olympic game-winning goal before she stepped foot on a college right. campus. Uh, and just, again, I, I think this has been a good piece of reflection for me, too, just as a journalist charting her career. I mean, Poulin was on the first ever U18 uh, Women's World Championships. She uh, went to two of them and then immediately went from U18s to that 2010 Olympic team and got the game-winning goal there. On the fourth line, so on the fourth line, <laughs> scored the game-winning goal. And then she goes to the Sochi Olympics. She's on the third line. Minimal minutes again. She's still pretty young. Game-winning goal. Scores twice in that gold medal game. 2018, they lose. And then 2022, game-winning goal. Canada wins a gold medal. I just think what makes her so impressive is the ways in which she has handled the changing pressure and expectation. And she always delivers. Whether she's a teenager that people are like, She's on the fourth line. Don't put too much pressure on her or whether she's the captain and trying to win a gold medal after she lost it in 2018. Like this player just delivers. And she delivered in that interview. It was fun. I, th I think you get used to Poulin sometimes. She doesn't really want to talk about herself. She's very serious, kind of Sidney Crosby-esque. And I think that was good. I, I really enjoyed that conversation with her. <laughs> I'm happy yeah. with it. <laughs> hey. I hope everyone else enjoyed it too. You should be. I'm just, I'm just riding shotgun on that one. It, it's good to, it's nice to talk to people who are that great, what they do and try to keep it normal and, mm -hmm. you know, con connect with them on some, on some, uh, human being level. That's always, that's always fun. Cause yeah, we haven't seen that. It is, it's a, there's a Crosby-esque quality, I think, to talking to her where it's like, you know, she's, I don't want to say polite, but she's, you know, she's. She's nice. Engaged and nice <laughs> yes. and, you know, has has time for you. But because of the level of, you know, A, because of the, the personality type, just being kind of, you know, having that level of humility and, and yeah. whatever. And also just because of media training and just a total, you know, the, just. Doing the, doing this shit for years consistently, like you you fall in a routine of stuff, and you hear him talk for five minutes or seven minutes or eleven minutes, and you appreciate the time, but you're not hearing anything all that new, and that's the challenge. Is 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 to try to just get some get people, you know, get them a little closer to them on mm -hmm. on, a, on a personal level. So that's all. Yeah, that's all. Absolutely, that's all I was trying to do. Does that take does that take us right to Crosby talk? Are we talking? I was going to say. This is the perfect little segue. And I know some people are like, you know, she's not the Sydney Crosby of women's hockey. She's Mary Philippe Poulin. We know that. This is just a nice little segue because we wanted to talk about Sydney Crosby. Speaking of like, Mary Philippe Poulin, like, let's talk about uh, Sydney Crosby. Hold on a second. Like I'm like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> like I like I've covered I've covered the NHL in Pittsburgh sports for my entire career. That's my frame of reference for better or worse. Like, no, I'm, I'm sorry. just joking. And I'm, I'm sorry. She, I know, I know, I, I know. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, she reminds me of Sidney Crosby. I'm not, I'm, I'm not the first, I'm not the first person to say it. I'm oh. not the last. And I think that's like we're going to be having a similar conversation in four years about Marie Philippe Lynn, assuming yeah. she doesn't throw it all away to live in an RV or whatever, which seems like that might be her her ultimate destiny. But yeah. four years from now, she she'll she's odds are she's gonna be thirty five and putting up numbers, just like, like it, Sydney just Crosby like, is. That's right. Right now, 
Great segue, Sean. That was perfect. Thanks a lot. Yeah. So Sidney Crosby, this is what we wanted to talk about a little bit. Uh, He's on pace for 47 goals and he's 35. (laughs) Um, I don't think we take him for granted. You know, so certainly not in Pittsburgh. I, I don't. I don't either. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and that's I, I like one of those about... weird conversations. And I think we've had this before, where people are like, "Let's not do the is Sidney Crosby underrated thing," <laughs> because you would have to be like painfully oblivious to the Pittsburgh Penguins and Sidney Crosby to think that he's underrated. But like, I've, I've, I've thought, are we I've thought surprised? A lot of... Maybe this is like a better frame of reference. Are we surprised at the fact that he is still playing at this level this far into his career within the context of some of the other players who've been playing as long as him? Alex Ovechkin is not a complete player. Uh, He's kind of, you know, his game has changed. Evgeny Malkin, injury was part of it, but his game has changed. Sidney Crosby, still dominant in all situations, Mm -hmm. all three zones. Again, mm-hmm. on pace for 47 goals as a 35-year-old. Are we surprised at all? No, because he's better than all those guys. <laughs> and he was always better than all those guys. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't been hurt. The yeah. concussion stuff, well, that sits off yeah. that, that sits <laughs> off in a box to the side, and we don't discuss it, right? <laughs> we, lost, we lost basically almost three calendar years of- I get very of, upset when we talk of about his prime, this. Of, of his prime. Of his prime. But like yeah. also- Currently, you know, and not to make light of, of what this could mean down the line for him, or and, you know, he's certainly more apt to, to, you know, thank God he has. We haven't seen him concussed in any meaningful way like over the last ten years. That's great. It's easy to forget about that stuff because there aren't like lingering. Yeah. This isn't. He didn't have a catastrophic knee injury, and he didn't. And right there, he didn't. You know doesn't have hip problems or shoulder problems. These aren't like lingering physical after effects sure. that we've seen that we've seen with a lot with a lot of guys, right? Like he's generally been healthy until yeah. last season when he when he had the when he had the wrist issue. And yeah. last season when he came back from the wrist issue, I, I and he also had he COVID, got COVID mixed, and mixed then in he was there. lights out. Mhm. From it was like from November, from like a from like a yeah. point in November on. Well, like game this again. is this is where he was. Like yeah. he was top top ten in points, and he looked and he looked the part, and he was producing offensively at a level that you know we probably hadn't seen for a few years. That might have surprised me. Like last year, last season, I might I don't know if I was expecting him to, you know, the fact that he was at a one hundred percent a one hundred point pace over an eighty two game season. Like I don't know if I was ready for that. Sure, but based but based on that, for me personally. As someone who's watched Sidney Crosby play a lot of hockey over the years, that kind of reprimed the pump for me being like, all right, this dude is still, it's not going to last forever. You know, who knows things and things change quickly. Players get old real quick. We've seen it happen mm-hmm. over and over and over again. But that dude has at least a, an, an elite offensive season or two left in the tank. And then yeah. we can talk about him transitioning into like, Old Sid, right? Yeah. Where he's the old man. Where he's the old man Offensive playing Offensive zone starts. Yeah. Tons of yeah. power he, play time. No more D yeah. zone faceoffs. <laughs> or, or yeah, or he, or he goes in the other direction. It's just like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a second line center now, or whatever. Who knows oh what ends God. up happening? 
Don't talk like that. (laughs) Just kidding. That's the most, I've said this for years. I am so fascinated to see what that dude looks like for the last few few years of his career. Does he allow himself to be old man Sid or does he just retire when he can't be? I think, okay, so I asked asked Nate McKinnon about that in Vegas because we've always sort of, people have gone back and forth, I think, with the prevailing wisdom as to how long Crosby was going to, was going to keep at it. And I think that people underestimate the possi- the the possibility for a little bit at least that he is just not a guy that could handle being anything less than yeah. one of the five best players on the planet. Like Gretzky was still a point per game player. I mean, it was a different time, but he wasn't exactly a bum when he retired, but it wasn't the same, right? So Yeah. It's but, obviously different, but, completely different eras. Mm-hmm. But what what McKinnon said is he things have he basically said that things have changed in the last couple of years, and he's seen some maybe not a rededication, but a little bit of a different approach. And he gets the vibe now that that Crosby is, you know, the end of the end of his current contract is in sight. You know, I think there was an even there was an open question as to how much longer he was going to last after that. And I think now it seems a little bit more likely that that he's going to really play out the string in a Amazing. way that in a way that we in a way that maybe I wouldn't have guessed a couple years ago. So. I saw uh, this TikTok. <laughs> wow, and really? Yes, I love TikTok. Everybody knows this. I send the funniest TikToks. My for you page is hilarious. I have a great sense of humor. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. That's something that the people no, with great sense of point. humor. No, 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 no. That's something that. Oh, let, let me let me get let me get this in. That's something that people with with great sense of of humor just famously say all the time. They say, "Yeah, I think I so a, because we know we're funny." Yeah, yeah, we know that we're funny. You've never said it because you're not. Funny. We, we, the <laughs> funny, funny community. Yes. yes, the comedic community mm-hmm. uh, says these things like me. So on this TikTok, it was like. Looking at, I can't believe this kind of era of hockey is almost beyond us. And it was like, you know, picture of Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Alex Ovechkin, Steven Stamkos. Like, think of all these players that are just, it was like set to this really sad music too. Yeah. It's As like, if just... we're not still watching like Nate McKinnon, Kale McCarr, Trevor Zegers, Jack Hughes. Like, I love, like, these are the players I grew up watching. That's me saying I'm youthful, but like Sidney Crosby was my favorite player when I was in, you know, high school. When I was a teenager, I watched these people in in junior hockey and stuff when I was younger, you know, with my dad when I was still in grade school going to OHL games and stuff watching like John Tavares and Drew Doughty. Um, But it was like this really like emotional, (laughs) emotional music TikTok, just like Sidney Crosby getting older. This person being like, like, I'm getting emotional. I was like, oh, my God. He's not. Honey, he's still leading the league. He is leading the league in five on five scoring. Why are you crying? (laughs) It's fine. Yeah. Don't. Let's (laughs) let's not age age him before it before his time. I love that. People people like they're going to send him like. A montage sending yeah. him off Sydney on Crosby an ice flow, gray like out to hair, the, out and now to everyone's we- slowly weeping because he's, you know, thirty-five, which means <laughs> what a gift. What's that one tweet? It's like, oh, what an yes. inspiration! Here comes the thirty-six-year-old man. He's the second oldest player in the league. What a miracle! Yeah. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm thirty-six. I have my entire life ahead of me. Yeah, no, that's yeah. like all, but, all um, that is that. 
that TikTok was made by a 26-year-old who is facing down for the first time that they're not as young as they used to be. That's it. That's yeah. who that's for. Mm-hmm. I came to terms, because I, I came to terms with that a long, yeah. long time ago. Uh, so as of Thursday night, before the 7 o'clock game start, uh, Sidney Crosby is second in 5-on-5 five five scoring in the league with 12 goals at 5-on-5 five five behind Jason Robertson. And he is tied for first with fellow old man Eric Carlson, 23 5 and 5 points. So it's a great year for Sidney Crosby. Nobody's surprised. One last note uh, on the Penguins before we read a couple comments and get out of the show, because our lovely producer Danielle has to go on vacation. <laughs> Must be nice. Uh, it is. It is. You were. You were just on vacation. It is nice. I wasn't. What was my? I was. I was in Copenhagen for the World Championships, and I had five days off. After that. And then I had an eight-hour flight home mm-hmm. next to a crying baby and a very large man. Hey, come on. TikTok. Costa Rica's calling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I'm trying to make my point. Uh, Chris Letang was skating with the Penguins, what, 10 days, 11 days after suffering the second stroke that we know of, obviously, in, of his career. And he's listed now officially as day-to-day. I hate the like warrior thing. I hate talking. And I think it's weird to call a guy a warrior after he had a stroke and he's back on the ice. It's kind of cringy. Uh, But it it really is just remarkable that Chris Letang is is back on the ice. And all the I think Josh Yoey had a pretty good tweet about it being like, we are not doctors. Let's not tell Chris Letang what to do with his body and his life on Twitter. I'm sure if he is on the ice, he was probably cleared to play by a doctor who's way smarter than all of us. So let's not do the like, oh my God, he shouldn't be on the ice, he just had a stroke thing. Uh, I think he's got doctors and uh, I think Chris Letang can make his own decisions. Yeah, and they've, it- and they've, handled, and they've, and they've handled this before. They know what his, what his condition is. Penguin's doctor noted that, you know, the, the stroke, it was a smaller, less serious stroke. Syst- yes. The systems resolved quicker. He had a, it was, manifests itself as migraines and here we are 10 days later yeah i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and worry about about chris letang you know like i i it's tough to imagine him doing anything that you know he doesn't want to do would, wouldn't yeah that he doesn't want to do or that, would, that wouldn't danger him all that much like i'm i'm comfortable giving him that level of autonomy over over, over yes. his body and his career and his in mm-hmm. his in his life um yep. i will i will say just the 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 difference in the way this one was treated versus the first one is just wild because yeah. and that's in look we didn't know back then that Chris Tang had a had a congenital issue with his heart it was the first well, it's time so shocking he, right yeah. when it comes oh, through God. and we, it's just we, like well, uh, it was, Chris Tang had a stroke I he's not with the team no I, I was I was I was asleep I was in I was in bed like I slept in and we got it I got a PR email from the Penguins being like Chris Tang you know is at a stroke and it was it was shocking shocking mm-hmm shit right and it went it in the in the recovery time was a lot longer and he was much sicker at that point than he was this time mm-hmm. and that seems like it was a long time ago and now it's like the the second one it is wild just to see the change in the way it's been handled the way it's been covered the way chris has is spoken about it because he, he talked after practice earlier it's it's crazy and i'm and you know i'm just relieved and happy for 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 his sake and the sake of his family that it seems like he's he's fine and you know can can kind of keep trucking because that was less at least publicly 
because everybody was guessing and being irresponsible <laughs> after the first one. It was much yeah. less of a it was much less of a given, you know, five, five, six, seven years ago, whenever that was. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go to the comment section. Click your heels, answer the mm -hmm. trolls riddles, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's really not that hard to find. And if you do listen to the show and you comment, we appreciate you. Thank you. We'll read a couple here before we get out. Okay, so this is from Jacqueline W. To be fair, the rationale for not making the Kraken the mascot was that nobody is supposed to know what a Kraken looks like and that makes it scary and cool. But I'll be completely honest, I would have preferred a vague shadow or an octopus covered in Vanta Black rather than have to see Bowie's toes. Put those dogs away. <laughs> Agreed, we don't need troll feet in the NHL. Bowie's in the NHL mascot chat showing feet. My God. Yeah. No free feet picks, Bowie. It's the only I reason like, I haven't posted I like about my mop socks is because you have to do mm -hmm. a barefoot, otherwise your real socks get wet. No, you would you would end up you'd end up in a database real real fast. Yeah, I'm not giving that out for free, and I'm not desperate nope. enough to sell that either. <laughs> Yet, <laughs> Yet. until I get fired for the show being Never terrible. Know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Michael K says it's just Thanksgiving. That's not true. I live in Canada. I respect That's Michael it. K. Michael K. Long time, long time Tuesday Boys listener. Yeah, whatever. I'm Thanks, not. Michael I'm not K. down with. I'm not down with you. We we. You just say say Thanksgiving, whatever country you're in. Just leave it to everybody else to guess. I'm not doing the American That's right. Thanksgiving thing either. Okay. So one of the other big parts of the show last week, and it's another one of those stupid things that I thought was funny, and weirdly people engage with it. So thank you for sticking with me. Bob M said, "Dom sure does add a lot of zip to the show." Uh, mm. The voting results, zip, uh, won unanimously. Zip. Just huh. kidding. Uh, oomph one, which is disgusting. Oomph sucks. <laughs> Pep and step. Put it in, pow put it in power so, rings last week. I, I did the. I did the strike. I did the strike through. Also, I kind of blame Danielle because she didn't provide any context at all. She said important Friday poll: oomph, zip, or Pep and step. Well, that's if you and listen to the needed, episode. It, <laughs> if you listen to the episode, you know what the voting's about. We needed a little sentence, you know, you know. What if someone just stumbled upon that and they're like, ooh, uh, oomph sounds cool. No, no it needs I, to be in a sentence. I, I think that's the way it goes. I, I think you just get bring people in blind. Like, don't don't yeah. give them Like my thread I started out of context of that, athletic of hockey show, and yeah. it's typically just me eating. Mm -hmm. The that's one right. picture of me with the giant salad bowl. <clears throat> it was great. Anyways, oomph got 51% of the vote. Pep and Step got 32% of the vote, and Zip got 17%. Damn. It's a harsh world that we live in. Okay. Mac Z says RIP PP. Rest in peace. Rest in power, Pete the Penguin. Pete the Penguin. I thought you said RIP PP. RIP. I didn't know P -P. what the PP stood for. <laughs> R-I-P-P-P. What, what's, what's going Mac, on Mac, what happened? Are you okay? No, it was, it was Pittsburgh Penguins, man. Yeah. It's one of the, one, one of the great stains in franchise history. They killed, they killed a penguin out of, out of neglect. That's, it's horrifying, really. Very yeah. upsetting. All, all, poor, all penguins angel. are the same. Like, that's what, a, that's what it boils down to. Like, oh yeah, it's a penguin. Next yeah, it'll be fine just smiling and waving at our hockey rink and then going back to captivity every once waving. in a while. It was like a little like 
the thing was like the size of a chicken. It was very small. Oh. And, uh, was just, he a baby? He was a small penguin. Just oh. Google just Google my name and and penguin's no. mascot if if you want to read more about it. I don't I told you wish I've done to. more. It's very I'm not, sad. I'm not talking to you. I'm 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 talking to the listeners. Okay. Well, they don't want to do that either because it's sad. <laughs> um we got some more buoy comments. Uh Shanna Shana Shanna M thinks he's really Shana. cute. Um I disagree. I'm sorry. Yeah. But yes, we, I'm, I'm we there. did. Um, there was also a note in here and we got one on Twitter. And I think I, I thought I talked about this, but I think it was off the show because there is a troll like statue landmark in Seattle. Yeah. So that's probably the hook is Bowie is, it is. the bridge troll landmark thing. Bowie's fine. This is uh, um, this yeah. is too much Bowie slander in the last couple of weeks for me. I know. I'm sorry, Bowie. Um. William T says, I'm going to start calling long sleeve shirts and sweaters arm pants. Oh my God, I forgot about arm pants. That was in the conversation about the dog sleeves. No, it was pants. Dog sleeves. Right? Why did I say arm pants? I have a guess. Because I'm stupid. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Well, the show was great when Mary Philippe Poulin was on it. Wasn't it? Bring her back. Bring her back <laughs> for the send-off. She can read she yeah. can read the plugs. Yeah. Re- you read the plug, Sean. Thank you, Haley. Thank you, Marie Philippe. Listeners, don't forget to subscribe to the Athletic Hockey Show on YouTube. I said this so many times, it never gets less weird. YouTube.com. Then an at sign, not the word at. At sign, The Athletic Hockey Show. You can also follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Leave a rating and review, unless it's bad, in which case keep it yourself. And the offer is back. Haley, I can't believe it. JR was shocked by this too. Annual subscriptions to The Athletic are just $2 a month for a year when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show. Can you believe it? Thank you. Hey, everybody, enjoy your Fridays. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening.